Good morning and welcome to How on Earth. Today is Tuesday, June 11th, 2013. I'm your host, Jim Pullen. In the rush to green our national power, we may forget that technologies like wind farms are being deployed on a massive scale by heavy industry. On today's How on Earth, we talk to Kelly Fuller, Wind Campaign Coordinator for the American Bird Conservancy, about the collision between birds and big wind. are concerned here that wind energy needs to be built right so that it is bird smart so that we can have renewable energy but also make sure that our bird populations in the U.S. also thrive. This issue has achieved some notoriety at the national level including uh, some criticisms directed at the president. Can you explain that please? Well, there is a concern that if we don't get wind power built right, we might wind up in the situation that we have found ourselves in with big hydropower, where in the last century we built a lot of big dams and now we are having to go back and pull them out because they damaged fisheries. And so there's concern now that this administration and also past administrations were so eager to get wind power developed that they weren't quite doing enough to make sure that there were safeguards for wildlife in place. Let's deal with the basic facts here of the damage to the aviaries. Probably the biggest concern is what might happen, not so much right now, but when we get to full build out. Um, The Department of Energy in 2008 set a goal for 20% of U.S. electricity from wind power by the year 2030, and we know that the Department of Energy plans to set that number higher. We're waiting to see what the new number is going to be. And our estimate was that to get to that, we were going to be looking at at least 1 million birds killed from wind power by 2030, if not more. And in fact, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has an estimate that they've been using for a while of they could be as high as about 1.8 million killed uh, by then. And the actual numbers are not as important as which birds. The concern is that it's going to be sensitive birds, uh, sea species we're worried about, like golden eagles, which are not only majestic birds that the public really cares about, but they're also protected by law under the Bald and Golden Eagle Protection Act. And it's also the other concern is about one-third of America's native bird species are in trouble. And so the concern is putting this new threat threat of wind power in on top of all the other threats that birds face. And so we need to make sure that we do this well so, again, we can have the wind power but not wind up putting the birds under too much stress. What's necessary to be done here and what is being called for? Well, what we need to do is make sure that we get these, um, these projects built right. 
American Bird Conservancy has called for mandatory standards for wind projects that cover siting, operation, monitoring, and mitigation. And mitigation is kind of what you do to make up for the impacts and make things better. Right now, we only have voluntary standards, voluntary guidelines. And the problem with that is then you have a system where good operators are kind of penalized because the operators that are not so responsible, they don't have to do very much, and the good ones then are competing on a non-level playing field. So we want to see a mandatory system out there, and we think that it would make things a lot better. What support do you have in the legislation at the U.S. level? Well, so far with this Congress, we have not seen a whole lot, although we understand that um, the House Republicans are looking into this issue. We'll see what happens. Um, We don't know what's going to happen. But we do think that actually the president himself could take steps on this. And the reason we say that is... Our organization in 2011 petitioned the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service for a mandatory project permitting system. Instead, the Fish and Wildlife Service decided to do just a voluntary system. When we think the time is right, we'd really like to come back and ask for a mandatory system, again, repetition. And um, certainly the president could ask his Fish and Wildlife Service to do a mandatory system. He does not have to wait for Congress to act. Why doesn't the environmental protection process, environmental impact statements, why aren't they working in this case? Well, because in um, many places in the country, you're not required to have them. Um, Only if there is a... uh, federal connection or what's called a federal nexus is an environmental impact statement or usually a uh, less rigorous review called an environmental assessment even required. If a project is on private land, there is no federal review required, and so it comes down to whether there's even a state review required, and in some states, there's no state environmental review at all. Uh, and. In in that case, there are no safeguards for birds uh, and for bats either or other forms of wildlife. So, again, it's why we're looking to try and get a mandatory system. And the good thing about getting a mandatory project permitting system in place is it would give the wind energy developers something really good that they don't have right now. They have got a problem in that there is no way for their industry to operate legally. Uh, There is a law called the Migratory Bird Treaty Act, and it says that most of the native birds in the United States are covered by it. And if you kill one of those birds, even unintentionally, it's a violation of that law. And right now, there is no permitting system. There's no permit that the companies can get. And it's, again, why our organization asked the Fish and Wildlife Service to set up project permits because not only would that protect the birds, it would allow these companies to get to operate, le- operate legally. So it's another thing we'd like to see is a way for these companies to be able to operate in, uh, to operate legally, which right now they really can't. And that's, it's not good for the industry to not be able to comply with our wildlife laws. So you're saying that the industry is at risk of lawsuits because of existing treaties that uh, they're unable to uh, satisfy. 
Well, they're not so much at risk of lawsuits because the Migratory Bird Treaty Act and there's another law called the Baldwin Golden Eagle Protection Act don't allow citizens to file suit. The only people that can prosecute those laws um, is the federal government itself. And so far, the federal government has chosen never to prosecute any violations um, of those laws that the wind industry has ever done. So, which is a fancy way of saying no wind farm has ever been prosecuted for killing any birds. And in comparison to the oil and gas industry or the electric utility industry, they have been prosecuted for killing birds. And the problem with that double standard is it leaves, uh, first off, our wildlife law is very vulnerable to those other industries wanting to change them because they want to get the same deal that the wind industry is getting. And it also leaves our administration very vulnerable to looking like there is a double standard, which is not a good thing. And um, so we'd like to see that you know, be changed and to get some kind of system in place so that the wind industry could get permits, could comply, and get some regulatory certainty because there's no way of knowing when we're going to get a presidential administration that's going to decide that it wants to start prosecuting the wind industry. And that would be a terrible thing if suddenly we get an administration that decides it wants to street and street and uh, that would not be good. So we want to find a way for these guys to be legal and to get more protections for the birds. You talked about environmental impact statements not being required when there isn't a federal nexus. What about companies that receive the benefit of the wind production tax credit? It's not. You do right now. You currently do not have to uh, do any kind of environmental analysis in order to get that credit. There's no link to those two things. What about protected species that are protected under the Endangered Species Act? The California condor is still protected, right? It is still protected, although uh, we just saw in the last couple of weeks that the Fish and Wildlife Service has given permission for a wind farm in California to unintentionally kill a California uh, condor in its operations uh, without being prosecuted. So, um, and, and they did have to do an environmental impact statement for that. That was a project that involved federal land. So they did have that federal connection. So are you saying that a condor was ki- was actually killed? Or they- has not, no, but they it was not killed. But if that project is to ki- were to kill a condor in the future, and in fact the Fish and Wildlife Service has said that they think it is likely that the project will kill a condor at some point, it the project will not cannot be prosecuted for that. The company cannot be prosecuted. And if they and if the Fish and Wildlife Service had not um, allowed the company to do that, then uh, really anybody could sue because under the Endangered Species Act, citizens have the right to sue for violations of it. That's amazing that a special exemption was given to this company. Well, they they had to do a number of things in order to get it, and the Fish and Wildlife Service feels that it's okay. Now, a number of environmental groups have spoken out against it and feel that this is not right, including American Bird Conservancy and um, Audubon, California. 
uh, and there's and there is great concern about how many companies will the Fish and Wildlife Service allow to do this. And the concern is based on there are fewer than 250 California condors left in the wild, and what will be the impacts on condor recovery of this. So, you know, we're going to have to wait and see, but. There definitely is a sense at which wind energy is developing very quickly in this country. We do want to see wind energy developed. It it is something that could be a very good resource for us. It's something that could be an important part of the solution for climate change, but we need to do it right. And if getting some kind of mandatory standards and getting that level playing field across the country is something we really need to move towards. Thanks for listening to How on Earth. I'm your host, Jim Pullen. Our guest today is Kelly Fuller, who is the Wing Campaign Coordinator with the American Bird Conservancy. We're talking about the impact of large-scale wind development on birds. Do you uh, have any support in the White House right now? Well, unfortunately, um, we're not seeing a lot of that. What we are seeing is just a determination to move wind energy forward as quickly as possible. Um, And while it's admirable that the president is very committed to renewable energy, we're not seeing the commitment to wildlife that we really need to see at this point. If you can't get legislature's support, if you can't get the White House's support, what are the next steps? Well, at this point, what we really need to see is for the public to speak out. Um, I think a lot of people don't really realize yet that there is an issue. And again, the issue is going to be over time as we get to the full build-out. And and one of the things that people can do if they are concerned is to let their legislators know. Because there are definitely legislators that are concerned, but they haven't really heard from enough members of the public yet to know that their constituents want them to do something. Um, And you mentioned the production tax credit, and that is an interesting thing, because if members of the public want to see um, protections for wildlife tied to the production tax credit, that's an interesting thing that people can ask for. Um, And mandatory standards are another interesting thing that people can ask for, because certainly the Fish and Wildlife Service has the ability to put that into place. They just haven't done it. Could you make the connection to Colorado for us, please? What's at, what's at stake here in Colorado? Well, Colorado is an interesting state on this because it's really hard to know what's going on. One of the real issues with wind energy is it's very difficult for the public to get mortality data. And, in fact, American Bird Conservancy actually has sued the federal government to try and get information about to show how many birds have been killed, that kind of information, and found it very, very difficult, even after a lawsuit, to get all the information. Um, Colorado is a state where there's not much information available online. And look, we have on our website a map where we looked at risk to birds. And there, if you look at that map, in 
it doesn't show all areas of risk to birds, but it shows some of the greatest and less great areas of risk to birds. And if you compare that map to the American Wind Energy Association's map of the counties where wind energy has been developed in, in Colorado, and compare those two things, you can see that there is potential in Colorado for there may there might be, and I can't say this for sure, but there might be some issues in Colorado for uh, eagles and for such as ferug such as ferruginous hawks and possibly also for mountain plovers. Now I don't know that, but it would be really interesting to have the mortality data from the wind facilities in Colorado and see what's going on for those birds. But, like I said, it's very hard to get that information when the federal government has it and they don't always get it from the companies. They tend to often make it difficult to get through Freedom of Information Act requests. So it's hard to know what exactly is going on in Colorado if you don't have the mortality data. That said, there are areas in Colorado where there are not a lot of potential risks to birds that would be better for wind energy development, and we would hope that those are the areas that the wind developers would be looking at first. Do you have any industry support? We have talked to some companies that are interested in looking at the the um, wind energy map, and there are companies that definitely are interested in trying to site in areas that have less risk to birds because they just don't want to get into um, the troubles. And not every company is alike. Some are much better than others. Uh, so that is what I would say. That is the good news. There definitely are companies out there that want to be good guys on this and do the right thing. Um, and what it is going to come down to is how much does the public really speak out and talk to their legislators and letters to the editor and how much of a fuss do people make about this. If people are quiet about it and there isn't much of a fuss and it's kind of business as usual, then the companies, it's very easy for them to just kind of cite wherever they want to go. So that's what it comes down to kind of at the end of the day. How much do people actually care about this and care about the birds? And again, remembering that the impacts and the are going to be down the line, not so much right now, but what's going to happen down the line as we get to full build-out. Siting is obviously quite important for protecting birds, choosing the right sites. Are there other technologies that the industry could, um, could employ that are already developed? Well, the technologies are being developed right now. One thing that looks potentially quite promising is, if they can work the bugs out, is the use of rate of turbine curtailment, which is uh, when they slow the turbines way down because the birds are coming in um, so that the birds will not collide with them. And we don't know yet if they're going to be able to connect that with radar and make that work automatically very well. There have been experiments with that. There are some facilities in Texas that are doing that. And we don't know very well how, if that's working. There has not been, there have not been peer-reviewed studies yet showing this. 
Um, and again, companies are often very secretive about their, what they're doing. Uh, there are some facilities in South Dakota that are manually curtailing, slowing down their turbines when endangered whooping cranes are coming through. Uh, and that has been successful in not killing the whooping cranes. But again, if we could get to more of an automated system where they could, through radar, see the birds coming in and then curtail the, the turbines, it'd be great. Where kind of we're stuck right now is we don't have a way through the radar to really be sure exactly which birds we're seeing. Um, and so that's kind of a problem to be sure you know, is that a bird? Is that something else on the radar? So the technology is still developing. But if we can get that to be reliable and get that really well developed, it would be an excellent thing, uh, and it would really solve a lot of problems. Are there any um, university groups that are working this area? If you mean the kind of the general area of birds and wind energy, definitely there are uh, folks in Texas that are working and in other states. Uh, Oregon, there are folks working on it as well. This is an area of great interest because if we can solve some of these bird issues, and there are also very serious bat issues as well, we could really get a long way towards progress on renewable energy while still making it safe for wildlife. Kelly Fuller, thank you very much for your time. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to add? There's one really important issue that's going on right now. We're waiting to see what the federal government is going to do. They have proposed to uh, make the permits that companies can get for eagles, uh, which right now you can get a permit that uh, will allow a wind energy or other company to unintentionally kill eagles. You can get a permit that will last for up to five years. The administration is proposing to make it last up to 30 years, which would be disastrous for a number of reasons. We're waiting to see if they're going to go forward to that with that. And if that happens, that is going to be a very bad thing. And that's one of the things we're most dreading. And if that happens, there's going to need to be a lot of folks speaking out and saying, you know, not well done. So that's the big thing to watch right now. It's not too late if people um, want to do something about that. We have an action alert on our website, which is abcbirds.org, and it's right on the front page of our website where people can send uh, an email asking the administration not to make that change because 30 years is just too long of a time for those permits to last, and this is something you can do to protect eagles. That was Kelly Fuller, Wind Campaign Coordinator for the American Bird Conservancy, explaining that wind energy protections for birds need to be strengthened and asking for your help. That's all for this edition of How on Earth. Visit our website at howonearthradio.org to find past episodes, extended interviews, and to subscribe to our podcast using the iTunes button. Questions or comments? Call the KGNU comment line at 303-447-9911. The theme music was written and produced by Josh Cutler. Our executive producer this quarter is Joel Parker. For How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show, I'm Jim Pullen.